Blog Talk Radio. We assembled here today are issuing a new decree to be heard in every city, in every foreign capital, and in every hall of power. From this day forward, a new vision will govern our land. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. Every decision on trade, on taxes, on immigration, on foreign affairs will be made to benefit American workers and American families. We must protect our borders from the ravages of other countries making our products stealing our companies, and destroying our jobs. Protection will lead to great prosperity and strength. I will fight for you with every breath in my body, and I will never, ever let you down. I am your voice. So to every parent who dreams for their child and every child who dreams for their future, I say these words to you tonight. I am with you. I will fight for you. And I will win for you. To all Americans tonight, in all of our cities, and in all of our towns, I make this promise. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. We will make America safe again. And we will make America great again. God bless you, and good night. I love you.
happy Monday to all of you. Thank you for tuning into the Rory Sauter Show. I'm Rory Sauter, your host. It is great to be back with all of you. I have missed you all since last Thursday, the last time we were on the air. We had a fantastic show. Uh, Thursday's show was fantastic, Tuesday and Monday. Everything you could want in a show, perfect dialogue, great rhythm, excellent flow, unbelievable guests, and um, never run out of things to talk about. I tell you, it's, it's unbelievable the way we all resonate with one another. It truly is a blessing. I, uh, I hope you all had a fantastic weekend. I hope it was productive. I, I hope it went accordingly, um, like I do every episode. I want to thank all my guests, my co-hosts, my audience and sponsors. You are all incredible. The show is now listened to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, please visit our media site, thenextgenusa.com. And also remember, uh, I will be releasing the brand-new 24-7 network starting next month. We will be having many notable people doing their own shows. And my good friend, America's Toughest Sheriff, Joe Arpaio, and my good friend, Director of Jihad Watch, Robert Spencer, will be the two main faces of the network. And like I said, guys, this will be 24-7. We're raising a lot of money for it. We're doing it the right way. It's perfect timing. Political season is is here. It's upon us. Uh, And there is so much to tackle and address on a daily basis. And uh, it's great that we can have all these people on our network shining light. Wow. I will say, though, guys, it has been quite the, uh, the weekend in the media. Constant stories. One right after the other. Never ends. It's crazy. I do want to welcome to the show uh, Dr. Award-winning speaker, professor, veteran, technology expert, best-selling author, and currently the commissioner of Parks and Recreation for Maricopa County, Dr. Bob Branch. How are you, sir? Hey, I'm fantastic tonight, Rory. Missed you all uh, on Thursday, but I'll tell you what, it's great to be back today. You know, one thing that uh, you you and I share a really good friend, and I know he's going to be the face of uh, your new network, and that's Sheriff Joe, right? Yes. And uh, I've had the honor because, you know, we campaigned a lot together during the last election cycle. He was running for U.S. Senate, and I was running for superintendent yep. of public instruction. So yep. I always got to introduce him. And when I did, I, I always said, America's toughest sheriff. And he'd always shout always. out the world's toughest sheriff. <laughs> so, yeah. just, I love that. Just, no, I, he, I love that. He said the same thing. He to considers me himself the world's toughest sheriff, man. You know what, Dr. Branch, I don't think there's anybody even close to his level. I mean, this guy is, you know, on a whole on a whole level, you know, on his own. I mean, it's just a whole nother spectrum. It's it's unbelievable uh what he's done. You know, for there America. there were there were there were people that knew wider, right? And Arizona yeah. has had some really good US marshals and sheriffs and we've had wider and I'm sure that they after wider left this earth, I'm sure they sat there in their rocking chairs and said, you know what, I knew Wyatt Earp. Well, I'll tell you what, I don't ever wish the sheriff to pass away, but I know Sheriff Joe Arpaio, and, and that he's a legend, and I'm proud to know the man. 
Absolutely. He really is. And, you know, he's one of those guys, I will say, that I believe he'll live till he's over 100. You know, he has he oh, hasn't I think lost he, any He'll steps. outlive me, that's for sure. That's right. That's he, hasn't that's lost, right. he hasn't lost any steps. He's still the same guy he was 20 years ago. And, and he's still it's, – it's all still there. You know, most people at his age are, you know, in, in nursing homes or, or, you know, enjoying their, their, you know, last remaining years. But he's running for sheriff again. It's an unbelievable story. I've never seen anything like it. Well, I, I'm I'm proud to know the man, and I'm glad he's going to be the voice, of the the face of your uh, your new network. He's a great guy. Absolutely, and uh, and just an FYI to the audience, we should all be expecting uh, his official announcement for for his run um, within the next week. He will um, be doing that. So everybody. Uh, keep your eyes on the headlines and the news. It's uh, it's coming. Um, I do want to welcome also to the show, founder of Republicans United, founder of College Republicans United, and currently the leader of Nationalists United, Kevin Dukeyper. Kevin, how are you? I'm doing just wonderfully, Rory. I hope you and your audience are doing wonderfully as well. It's been absolutely jam-packed with a news week, so I can't wait to get in, into it. And I absolutely concur. There is no one like Sheriff Joe. Even in his 80s, he's going to outshine any other sheriff. Uh, he's absolutely a stand-up uh, and meritocratically um, rightful guy to be our, our, our sheriff. I, I really hope he wins it, and uh, he's uh, definitely a shining light that we should be uh, looking towards as far as how to handle um, our our law and our, our sheriff's uh, legal system. I agree. I agree with you 100%. Very well said, and good to have you here, Kevin. Thank you. Uh, let's also welcome to the show, uh, I believe he's with us right now, Second Amendment advocate, gun spokesman, entrepreneur, musician, commentator, activist, and best-selling author, Dan Watts. Dan, how are you? Hey, Rory. Hey, everybody. How's, how's everybody doing, uh, wherever you are across the country? It's all good up here in New York, and uh, happy to be here tonight. Well, great to have you here, my friend. As always, you're, you're a big part of the show, and... Uh, we're uh, really excited that uh, you can join us. Thank you. Uh, I also would like to welcome to the show, uh, I believe we have, Joe, are you with us? Joe Be- Bass. Yep. Joe, how do yep. I pronounce your last name? Say it one more time for me and I'll never forget again. Baz Raleigh. <laughs> Baz Raleigh. Okay, Baz Raleigh. Okay, say it one more time. Baz Rawi. Okay, perfect. I'll, I'll remember from now on. Uh, welcome to the show, Joe. And you're in Florida now. Did you move from Pennsylvania? Uh, I'm not in Florida quite yet. I'll be in Florida next week. Nice, nice. Good stuff, man. Well, really good, to, really good to have you here, Joe. And uh, glad to be here. Uh, yeah, we have a lot to get. We have a lot to get to tonight. Outstanding. Uh, I also would like to welcome to the show. Um, I believe he's with us right now. We have retired police chief, homicide detective, and activist, Michael Valsi. Michael, welcome. How are you? Good, Roy. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're certainly right. It uh, has been an interesting news week, to say the least, and it's only going to get uh, more interesting as uh, the week progresses, I believe. And I'd just like to echo the uh, sentiments about uh, Sheriff Joe. Having been in law enforcement 34 years, uh, I certainly have a lot of respect for him and admire him uh, greatly. 
So with that, I look forward to what we're going to talk about tonight and uh, ready to get started. Well, excellent, and, and always a pleasure having you here, uh, Michael. You're a big part of the show, and we uh, we always uh, enjoy when you when you join us. So thank you. Uh, I do. Okay, guys. So let's let's get it. Let's get into this. This oh, the opening segment goes in so many different directions here. You know, I'm I'm watching the news the entire weekend. And every single headline almost is sending us backwards. I mean, we're, we're dealing with stuff that is constant hate, constant bigotry, constant idiocy, constant ignorance, delusion, and just plain evilness. I mean, look at, look at what was going on over the weekend with... Khalid and Omar, the anti-Semitism crap, you know, the, the, the boycott on Israel, try, trying to make some sort of political statement that obviously wasn't sending the right message. I mean, these people are terrible. The Democrats, I mean, they, they are, you know, I, and, you know, if, you, if, they, if whoever has problems with Israel, you know, that's, that's, that's one thing, because I know both sides of the aisle sometimes have problems with Israel, with certain things. You know, I, I, uh, I respect Israel. I think they're, they're a good country. But I also think, just like anywhere else, I think everybody has flaws. And, you know, obviously I don't agree with anything Tlaib and Omar said, but it, it's, it's unbelievable how these people can throw these huge fits and they can say all this hateful stuff and act, you know, they're acting like children. You know, the way they handle things. You know, they don't act like adults. They don't carry, you know, they don't carry the conversation intellectually whatsoever. It's attention-seeking, look at me, look at me. The last thing I want to read about over the weekend is these, you know, these nut jobs, these clowns talking about, you know, how, how they're trying to make a statement by not going to Israel. I don't care what you do. Like you were in, you were invited, especially you to leave to go see your grandmother, and you declined. It it proves, you know the the, the situation, is, and you guys are in the wrong. Nobody else, and the media is trying to blame President Trump. You know they're they're trying to say this is a a hateful dictatorship act by the president. What I I don't understand. Because the president recommended to Israel that you don't, that you shouldn't, you know, rec- visit there because of your stances. I mean, he's. A, I think his recommendation was fair. To be honest with you, I don't think I. You know, the way you guys act and portray yourself and carry, you know, carry yourselves, and just the remarks. I mean, just the constant, over and over. You know, the, the Democrats. It's ridiculous. And then you have all these people that defend them, all these people in their party. And I, I you know, I, I can't. This is not this is not something I want to spend a bunch of time on. Believe me, it makes me mad that I even have to talk about this, and it's even a headline. But it just proves that the mainstream media 
can spin anything, any narrative, and then at the end, they go and blame Trump for it, even though these people are in the wrong, clearly. And whatever, you know, I'm going to go back to it. I'm not, you know, obviously, like I said, every country has their flaws. And for somebody, and I I know what the problem is here. Obviously, it's anti-Semitism, but there's also a lot of talk about financial manipulation. Does it occur? I'm not saying it doesn't, but at the same time, I don't, I don't think it occurs to the extent that people said, you know, says it does. But I think there is, and I think, I, I think that's something that sadly isn't called out enough by, by certain people in our own party. I think we need to call out all government. But you know, this, the, the whole financial manipulation thing has obviously been a discussion with Israel for a long time. But that, that so much doesn't factor into what happened over the weekend. This is just pure hate. And it's attention-seeking. It's, it's coddling terrorism. You know, I, I um, imagine if a Republican did this. Imagine. You know, and the, the generalizations as well. That, that stuff needs to stop. You know, every, every religion, every, every, every ethnicity has bad people in it. You know, that's just what it is. That's, that's life. That's, that's what we, the world we live in. And I, I don't know how I don't know how some I don't know how eighty percent of Jewish people vote Democrat. I mean that's just crazy to me. And that's about the real statistics. If you look at in America, it's about eighty percent, nearing eighty percent of Jewish people are, are registered Democrats. It's just like they put same thing. You know, they Democrats pretty much have control of of um, of that system, like they do with blacks and like they do with other minorities. But why all the anti-Semitism? If you have one of your biggest support groups is Jews, what, what's with all the anti-Semitism? And why are you trying to make your own base angry? Even though most of these liberal Jewish people don't, you know, they don't even pay attention to it. And it doesn't even bother them, which is crazy. Most of them, they just keep voting Democrat. Makes no logical sense to me. And think about, think about everything that's going on with the hate this weekend. This is just one example. Look at Antifa in Portland getting coddled, getting babied by the media. A lot of liberal, liberal media saying, oh, they're in the right. You know, they're out there just trying to go after the far right. If I hear that fucking term, excuse my language, far right, one more time, I'm going to really explode and get really angry. That term far right is so taken out of proportion and is so meaningless at this point. You know, they try to call us Nazis. They try to say we're right-wing extremists. We're far-right. All this crap. It's nonsense. It's like calling somebody a racist because, like, a liberal calling a conservative a racist because you simply don't agree with them. This is what the media does. And like I said many times, the mainstream media is controlled 97% by the Democrats. you got that 3% that is about you know, gives conservatives their fair shake. But think about that. We only get 3% of fair media. And Antifa, just because of their name alone, the media tries to spin it as these are anti-fascists. They're trying to fight for what's right for America. When in reality, these are the real fascists. These are the people burning American flags, hitting people with nunchucks, 
attacking people at every turn, and they're not being held accountable. I want to talk a lot about this Antifa thing, but first, I do want to play this clip uh, with President Trump talking about the whole Omar and Tlaib thing. One for Why did you feel the need to get involved in the two congresswomen's trip to Israel? Well, I'm only involved from the standpoint of uh, they are very anti-Jewish and they're very anti-Israel. I think it's disgraceful, the things they've said. You have lists of, uh, this isn't just a one-line mistake. What they've said about Israel and Jewish people is a horrible thing, and they've become the face of the Democrat Party. So uh, I did absolutely put out a very strong statement. I think if you look at their language, if you look at what they've said, if I ever said it, it would be uh, it would be a horrible it would be a horrible month to put it mildly. So the things that they've said, uh, Omar, Talib, what they've said is uh, disgraceful. So I can't imagine why Israel would let them in. But if they want to let them in, they can. But I can't imagine why they would do it. And you know what else is mind blowing about this entire situation is that Talib, the dumb Muslim, has the nerve to blame her not visiting, like I, like I said, the grandmother of Tlaib and Tlaib, they blame Trump. The grandmother has the nerve to come out and say, you know, God, God's going to punish Trump. Yeah, I wonder who told the grandmother to say that. I mean, it's all the show with these people. They can say whatever they want about whoever they want, and there's no, there's no accountability. There's no repercussions. And I'm sick of the victim stances. I'm sick of the oppression. And President Trump is saying he's thinking about labeling Antifa an organization of terror? Why are you just thinking about it, Trump? And, and like I've said on this show many times, I am not a yes man. You know, I agree with like 99% of what the president does. But when he's wrong, those very select few times he's wrong, I'm going to call him out. Like with this example of why is he waiting so long to label Antifa a terror organization, a terrorist organization? I mean, they've, they've proved over and over who they are. They've shown their true colors. And this is why the Second Amendment can never be touched from animals like this. They want to attack us. They want to make our life hell. They want to take us back hundreds of years. They are the modern day. Not, I mean, they, they, they are the Nazis. They are the modern day Nazis. I mean, these people are nuts. These people will stop at nothing. It's evil. It's evil. It's evil. And most times, these Antifa people don't even get arrested. It ain't white nationalists who are the problem in this country. It's left-wing nutjobs. Sure, white nationalism happens, but not to the extent that the media says it does. You know, and it's the same thing when the media goes on a rant about that less than 1% chance a white cop goes after a black guy, usually because he doesn't put his hands in the air or drop his weapon, but they want to talk about Nazis. They don't want to talk about the black-on-black crime. They don't want to talk about the real problems because it doesn't fit their narrative. Look at what just happened in Chicago over the weekend. Five dead, 30 shots, 
I mean, when does it end? When? And when does the media start taking accountability and actually being honest? And President Trump stuck up, stuck up for us last week at his rally. People calling us Nazis. You know, he ripped Democrats for, for even, you know, going to that level of, of calling us Nazis. And said it's so wrong. It's taken, it, 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 it's totally meaningless. You know, and I think about this. The New York Times now, since the Russia probe failed, they're now moving to race. They want a race bait. And this is admitted from one of their high-end staff. Uh, it was like a leaked audio or something. They are moving from the Russia hoax, which they knew was a hoax, now to race. Whatever divides the country, whatever, yeah, whatever divides, whatever, you know, gets them ratings, it's, it's insane. I mean, what, what we are dealing with is, is scary, scary times, and you have literally innocent civilians out there on the streets protecting our country, doing nothing to anybody. And Antifa just comes up and attacks them. Not safe out there, kids. It is not safe. Um, I'd love for them to try and come up to me and say something, but it's ridiculous. Dr. Branch, go ahead. You know, Rory, I, I started a hashtag last week. It was hashtag stop the hate, vote Republican. Yeah. I'll tell you right now, when you see all of this Antifa stuff going on and being tolerated, by every single Democrat presidential candidate, we need people like you. We need people in the media to interview each and, in, each and every one of these Democrat presidential candidates to ask them, you know, how you know, they keep going after Trump. Do you, he didn't denounce strong enough, you know, the white supremacists are. You know, he, he waited 10 seconds too long to do it, you know, and, and, and that's what they're trying to say. Or in Charlotte, when Antifa was on one side and uh, there, there were some white supremacists on the other, but there were also good people, you know, marching against the statues, and there were good people marching for the statues, right? And Trump said, President Trump said, hey, there were good people on both sides of that. Well, we need each one of those presidential candidates to get on the record and say that they endorse or uh, we could ask them just point blank. You could ask them point blank. Do you support Antifa? Do you denounce Antifa? And we want every one of them to say no because they don't denounce Antifa. And Antifa is a hate group, is a hate organization. And to me, we need that on tape and we need uh, you know the the commercial running on uh, on, on YouTube on, on every social media site that shows the violence of Antifa in the presidential candidates that they do not denounce them and to me that speaks volume their hate that's all they are and Omar and and Talib what they're doing this, I don't even this know how they got on is I mean, these are the stupidest people on earth I think the only reason they got elected. Is because of their hostility towards the president, and that's what the Democratic Party has turned into, radical leftists that want violence and hostility. Sure. Well, you go up in Omar's district where she won. Uh, you know, that's where all the Somalian refugees went. 
and I mean her area overwhelmingly three to uh, yeah, it, yeah, it was uh, three to one. Apparently, is the largest area for Muslims in the United States. And that you know, you don't think that's by design? I mean, that that's the highest percentage, and she won. You know, uh, uh, she had 75% of the vote in the general election. The Republican got 25% of the vote. And, you know, she won overwhelmingly. Her people, when she went back home after, you know, being being called, uh, you know, anti-Semite and stuff, they met her at the airport cheering for her. Why would Israel allow U.S. representatives to go to Israel to promote a boycott, not even meet. They they had no intention of meeting any Israeli delegation, whether or not it was pro-Israel or anti. None of the the political realm were they going to go. They were going to go, and and uh, to the people that endorsed the boycott. That's what they were going for. And Talib comes across after they said no, you can't. Say well, for humanitarian, I want to see my grandmother. I'm sure that she wanted Israel to take the bait and say, no, you're not allowed, so that she can say, oh, look, they won't even do it for humanitarian. But Israel came across. They, the, the foreign minister said, yes, you can come. Come on. You know, go visit your grandma. Then she said no. And that's when uh, the foreign minister said, listen, the, the, the hate for Israel is greater than her love for her grandmother. And it just speaks volumes. She doesn't care about her grandmother. She only cares to bash Trump and to bash Israel. And that's their only motive. Hate. And I, the hate. And I look at these, Stop the hate. Don't Republicans. And I look at these people, and I, I feel like I'm watching a Hollywood soap opera. I mean, these people don't have any talent to leave Omar. They are ignorant. They're hostile. The only thing they have is insult against Trump. I mean, that's all they have, and they're not even good insults. But it, it seems to get their base all, all, all excited, but they're not doing anything policy-wise for their constituents. They're – at every turn, they're, they're obstructing. You know, that they, they want to put – they swore on the Koran when they were elected, which is probably the dirtiest thing you could ever do. I mean, I, I, don't, think, I don't think there's anything dirtier, especially if you know that ideology. And it just goes on and on. I, I, it's disgusting, and, and we have, you know, Democrats, especially the senator in Illinois, who just came out of the woodwork in the news this past weekend, because he ran a, a fundraising event that uh, had a, a, a Trump, you know, um, like, uh, you know, statue, and they were assassinating it. You know, this is just ridiculous what the left is able to get away with. If a Republican does this, even if they do a minor bit of this or a fraction of what these people do, we would be hung. We would be crucified. It's the biggest double standard on the face of the earth. I have 100% in agreement. Uh, 100% in agreement. And, you know, you, you said that there's no talent there. They won't even stand up. You don't see Omar doing interviews, any sort of honest interviews where they can ask her straight up questions because she refuses. She won't even talk to the press. You know, regarding these issues, she hides. And the only the only good thing is, is I haven't heard about Nancy Pelosi in a couple of weeks. You know, it's just, you know, it, it, you know, she it, she is supposed to be the the head 
of the Democrat Party uh, on the yep. House, and you never would hear from her anymore because Donald Trump has has made sure that the face of the Democrat Party now is Omar Talib AOC and and Presley. He has made sure that everybody sees them for what they are. Yeah, and look at you know look at everything they're doing. Everything they're doing is communism tactics and. You know, we're dealing with all this craziness and, and, and these crazy groups like Antifa that I believe are funded by certain people in the government. And, you know, they're talking about – the left is talking about red flag laws. And let's, let, for, let's face the fact that red flag laws are just a, a way to start trying to disarm us because what that does is that basically gives them the option of saying who they think, you know, can and cannot have a gun. We're living in scary times, Dr. Branch. Rory, I really pray that you – know, you know how you, you said that, you know, the very few percentage of time that you disagree with the president, you will call him out on. Yeah. We yeah. cannot have these red flag laws. We have yeah, so many exactly. vets coming home from war. We have so many vets. We have, you know, these problems happening in school and stuff. We're – People are not going to go get the help that they want because they will be in fear that they will that, that their doctors will now take away their guns. And to me, right. I, I put out on the social media, I said, listen, who here is in favor? And I, I have thousands of followers, and I know that I posted on your site and that too. Every single one of the people that chimed in, nobody said yes. Therefore, red flag laws. We right. don't need red flag laws. And to me, right. that is so wrong. That right. is anti-Second Amendment, and it will take a person's right away when the person is seeking help. Now, understand, if you're going to a doctor, you are seeking help. And to me, that, that is – you should not – be taking away a person's constitutional right just because they're trying to seek help. I mean, that's absolutely wrong. No, I agree with you. Very, very well said. Uh, Dan, go ahead. Well, yeah, with uh, with respect to the red flag laws, I, I totally agree uh, with what was just said because, uh, you know, the the due process rights are completely thrown out the window. And, uh, but, the, you know, another thing that bothers me, I've been talking about this a lot on radio lately, and what happens is you're going to have a lot of people gaining leverage over other people without even using the law. Because, you know, a lot of people are going to try to use the law to gain leverage over their exes or their, their you know, their boss or their, you know, you know from disgruntled employees or whatever. There's going to be so many situations where people are going to say, they're going to try to get revenge on other people, and they're going to turn them into the cops and tell them, well, they have guns and they're crazy or whatever. But what's going to happen, I think, is a lot of times in relationships you're going to see a lot of leverage being used just by the threat of turning someone in. So in other words, you're going to see a lot of people saying, well, I'll, I'll turn you in if you don't do this, or I'll turn you in if you don't, you know. And so it's going to be abused. It's going to be abused very, very badly. And um, unfortunately, something like that, if it does turn into a law, it's going to have to get uh, it's going to have to go to court. And I'm afraid we probably have hopefully we'll have another heller on our hands where where, um, you know, it gets, uh, 
you know it gets overturned uh hopefully it doesn't happen at all but that's uh that's the you know the the result of, of red flag laws are just so dangerous and uh, i but i think there there's been a, a huge outcry right now a huge opposition to red flag laws so i i hope president trump's listening uh i think he is i have a feeling he is cuz he made a tweet uh kind of a sarcastic tweet um implying that you know it it could be used uh, red flag laws could be used for the wrong purposes so so we'll see about that hopefully he's on he's on board i i wanted to go back uh rory and address one thing you said about how do uh jewish democrats you know s- stay loyal to the democratic party and i always wondered how they did because uh you know you know it would seem that you know their their party goes against their everything that their their religion you know uh is about so and i have a friend who is a jewish democrat and he uh he used to uh he used to you know practice hanukkah with his family they would the family would come over to to our big uh, christmas eve party because um, they just enjoyed coming over and having fun with us. But uh, he he talked about how they celebrated Hanukkah, and it was a big thing for for him and, and his family until Obama. Uh, then all of a sudden he became agnostic, and he doesn't celebrate uh, Hanukkah anymore. And I tried to understand what it was all about because to me, you know, uh, you know, Christianity would 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 be so much higher on the on the hierarchy of values than uh, conservative values or you know republican uh you know being a republican but but what happens is the democratic party teaches people and conditions them to put politics and their political ideology at the top of the hierarchy values of values so that's a, it's a real interesting thing how the media and the Democratic Party are able to manipulate people and help them devalue their own religion. They even help them uh, devalue uh, family, which is really disturbing to me. You'll you'll see Democrats disowning their family if their if their family members are Republican. So <laughs> it's it's just a disturbing thing that, that's happening. It's a kind of a mass psychosis over there on the left, and unfortunately, everyone's falling for it. Uh, I hope they come to their senses. I really do. But uh, that's it, really. It's that, it's that their idea, political ideology, is at the top of the hierarchy of values, and yeah. they don't seem to see a problem with that. Very well said, Dan. As always, um, we will, everybody, we will introduce our guests, Randy Potter and Michael DeSantis, here shortly. Uh, but Kevin, go ahead. Yes, Rory. I'm very glad we're on the same page. Uh, These are extremely important points that you're bringing up because we are absolutely living in dire times, especially when you're seeing these headlines uh, break news and you see them saying absolutely absurd and uh, malicious intended words, such as uh, referring to anyone that shows up to these uh, rallies in defense of our president or of of freedom and the values that had created our country and constitution. They're calling these people far-right extremists and alt-right and, you know, potential right-wing terrorists. It's absolutely uh, – I think terrorists are the ones that would call other people terrorists. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, the news media are absolutely terrorists in this sense. 
And you have to remember, too, that we had uh, just a couple weeks ago the FBI deem uh, conspiracy theorists as a potential terrorist threat. And we don't even have any recognition or uh, representation to try to deem, uh, by all official accounts, these Antifa and various communistic groups as domestic terrorist threats. We have enough evidence. We know how they act. They as we saw the videos, them chasing children, and, and it doesn't matter what race and creed of people, they uh, just would pick fights with anyone and break property, and it's, uh, it's absolutely what terrorists would do. And uh, Trump should absolutely, uh, if not the FBI, uh, deem these groups um, by uh, official legal standards uh, domestic terrorists. And um, it's also the case, too, that the red flag laws um, and these ATF and FBI groups are arbitrarily deciding who fits into this category of domestic terrorists. I mean, if a conspiracy theorist means you're any what uh, uh, disaligned with the mainstream media narrative and their fake news stories that they put out every single day um, as domestic terrorists, uh, well, you, you, we're going to lose all our guns, we're going to lose our freedoms and our privileges and have to be in court, and uh, it's only the beginning of the, the story here. So red flag laws are absolutely the worst thing uh, that could happen. So they must be stricken down. And uh, on to this topic of uh, Tabulib. Uh, I'm very proud of Israel, uh, absolutely, that uh, they were, you know, they have the freedoms and the ability to uh, make sure that people that are threats to their country do not enter the country. It's what any, it's what any, uh, you know, smart-minded nation would do to protect their, their interests and their people. And that's why the right wing really does respect Israel to so, such a large extent. I mean, they actually do have very strong immigration checks, and they preserve their culture and their religion and uh, their people, and it's, uh, it's very nationalistic. And uh, I think that's the main reason why the uh, Democrats do not like Israel. And, of course, uh, of course, it's you know it's a, a more you know far right kind of regime in the sense that uh, they do oppose open borders. They do oppose this absolute um, you know, influx of immigrants that would essentially uh, destroy their culture because we are all different people, of course. And um, I've actually talked to plenty of uh, Democratic Jewish people on this topic, and from what I've gathered, they don't necessarily. Um, they don't believe that uh, the Democrats are racist. If that's true or not, um, of course, there's plenty of handfuls of individuals in the Democratic Party, your Louis Farrakhan's and your uh, Al Sharpton's, et cetera, that uh, I believe definitely are uh, anti-Semitic. But uh, I would say that a majority of the Jewish people are generally and naturally very egalitarian and liberalistic. And you see that in, in Israel itself, that they're the most liberal, socially minded um, country in Asia, and uh, of, of course that doesn't mean much when you look at communist China and all the Middle East and et cetera. But um, you know they they do have more freedoms than any other any other country remotely nearby, and um, that's I think the Democrats do appreciate that, but they do not appreciate how they are very hostile towards their neighboring nations and of uh, particularly the Palestinians and. Um, I would really uh, like to hear from, from Trump or any other Republicans uh, specific quotes or things that the, they have been saying as far as uh, what really calls uh, – what really uh, deems these people as racist from the Democratic Party because I haven't re really seen it. As a Republican, 
just having, you know, Republican values, I'm called a racist. And uh, it, it's really terrible that, you know, the Democrats that are calling you racist can't point out anything that we're saying and Trump's saying that is legitimately racist. And I, I would like kind of the, the same thing to, uh, you know, be done on, the, on both sides, just like how uh, we're nearing three years of this whole Russian scandal hoax junk. Right. And uh, it, it's terrible that, um, you know, never once have I ever heard anyone call these Democrats racist for criticizing Russia, the nation of Russia. I mean, it, it, you could criticize a nation without criticizing the, the ethnic people. And I think in this case, it's because the Russians and the, the Slavic people in general are, are white. So you're, you're allowed to criticize a white people. But if you criticize, you know, a Semitic group or, you know, black or Arab or whatnot, uh, then, you know, you're automatically deemed a racist. So I think that there's a lot of double standards going on here. And I believe that uh, I think we should be very, uh, you know, equal justice and, uh, you know, really fight for the, the truth of the matter. Because uh, I, I think the, the Jewish people could, should definitely be, you know, join the Republican Party based on our values alone. Um, and uh, I think that uh, white people should also, um, you know, uh, yeah, obviously prove that, uh, you know, we're not racist. It's, uh, and I don't think the Democrats are necessarily racist. We just believe in, in our conservative values. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah very, very well said. No, absolutely. Um, let's go to Michael Valsi. Go ahead, sir. Oh, thanks, Roy. Um, you know, the political stunts, and that's what I call it, that's what took place between Tlaib and Omar on this uh, Israeli visit. You know, Israel's a state. Palestine is not. The Palestinians are suppressed because they're ruled by a radical Islamic regime, right, that they refuse to kick out of there because they coexist in Israel with no problem. And it's the Palestinians that are creating the problems, you know, back and forth across the border, not the Israelis. I just felt this was a political stunt to see how far the media would take it. Because, as you well know, and I'm sure your guests are well aware, the media is our number one enemy. You know, we've, we've pretty successfully defeated the democratic agenda, the liberal Marxist agenda. The media is what's keeping that alive. With regards to Antifa, I believe the president will, in fact, label them a terrorist organization. There are some legalities that I think he's waiting for Bill Barr to address before he does that. This philosophy of not just Antifa, but this philosophy was started under the previous administration with the creation of Black Lives Matter and, and things like that. Look at the crime statistics. You mentioned Chicago. Mm -hmm. Look at some of the crime statistics. We've talked about this before in the major cities. This is not something that's difficult to, to address and not something that's difficult to fix. Uh, there's been mayors in these cities before, and, and these problems have not manifested themselves as they have now. They refuse to stop the crime in the inner cities. Chaos, seem, chaos and anarchy seem to be their goal. A unified public is their biggest fear, okay? It, it's almost like they're trying to provoke a civil war within our country. And I think that, that's got to be like our biggest fear because if you start to – you see the, what the media does with Antifa. If you start to give these people fuel, right, and the media is not condemning them, then they keep going a little bit further each time, and you see that with every one of these demonstrations or every one of these attacks. 
So that's why I believe the president will take some uh, direct action on this in the very near future. With regards to the red flag laws, uh, I think guns are safe. We've had, and I don't know how many states to be exact, but states already have enacted red flag laws, especially in cases of like domestic violence situations where they might take someone's guns away for a week or so and they can go back and pick them up. Uh, I would not like to see that on a national level. I don't think that's the president's intentions at all. And if you go back to what he said uh, this past week, he said uh, he'd like to revisit the the mental health institutions, which I talked about this on the show before, how they regulated these institutions out of business where it's so hard to get somebody that's committed, right, to get some uh, logical and rational evaluation. There's just no place to take these people anymore. So consequently, they're walking our streets. They're not getting the proper medication. They're not, they're not seeing psychiatrists. They're, it's, it's just difficult. It's, it's almost difficult for a family member to have somebody uh, put away for evaluation let alone put away for just being mentally ill. The evaluation part is, is where they regulated them to death uh, for fear of violating somebody's rights. All of this leads right back to the creating chaos, creating anarchy, all out of rules for radicals, the Communist Manifesto. It seems to be the Liberal Party playbook. Once the liberals hijacked the Democratic Party, it was all over. And I know you're in a rush, so I'll leave it at that, Roy. No, no. If you want to continue your point, I mean, it... well, I, I was, you know, I was just saying. I mean, I think you start to see some of this turmoil that never really existed in this country before. There's reasons behind that. It's a philosophy that's being employed by the powers to be in, in these major cities. Look at the, the Portland mayor. He has taken little or no action at all to stop the aggression of, of this group, Antifa. And, and then he got on, uh, on TV and he's bragging about, you know, how the you know, boasting about how what good a job the police did. Well, a lot of those shots that I saw, I didn't even see the police. So, I, I just think, you know, like I said, if the public remains unified. We have someone yeah. that we, that truly represent us, represents us that we can stay unified behind. I think we we completely disrupt their agenda, and we can move forward in a successful fashion. I believe. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Very, very well said. Uh, let's go to, and we will get to uh, Randy Potter. Randy Potter here in a second. Uh, Mike Peters in New York, go ahead, then I'll go to you, Joe, and then we'll we'll take a commercial, and then we'll introduce Randy Potter. But Mike Peters, go ahead. Hi, I'm coming in late on the conversation, but I agree 100% with, I hope that uh, President Trump does something about uh, Antifa and listing them as a terrorist organization and put an end to it. Stop it. That's enough. I mean, uh, we're, we're fed up with it. And that, these people think that they're in the majority and that they're immune. They keep forgetting that this is not the Obama DOJ they're dealing with and the Obama law enforcement attitude. The law enforcement now doesn't have their hands tied unless they're in a state like New York or California or 
Oregon, where the liberals control law enforcement. I mean, you, you don't see Antifa pulling stunts like this down in Louisiana or Alabama because it's going to be yeehaw, get the rope, boys. I mean, they, they wouldn't get away with that shit. You know, there'd be a lot of really well-fed alligators, I would hope. But anyways, uh, up here in New York, yeah, it, they'd have a hard time with NYPD because the the police themselves don't, they will not tolerate it. But the politicians, we all know de Blasio and the rest. Um, I'd like to see them, I'd like to see them classified as terrorists. And I think that would help bring it to an end. So anyway, that's my feeling on that one. Yeah, very well said. Uh, Joe, go ahead. All right, so there's a lot to cover here. And I know we don't have a lot of time, but I want to really talk about Rashid Talib and Ilhan Omar being banned from Israel. Now, this is a really important thing. A lot of people don't know why, who was sponsoring the trip. And it was an NGO. An NGO in Israel is a non-government organization called uh, MIFTA. And MIFTA is sponsored by multiple terrorist organizations such as Hamas and Hezbollah. And this is a really important thing. They are a national security threat to Israel. Now, Israel's a fantastic country. I was just there last, year, uh, last month, and I saw Samaria and Judea, which, you know, today is the West Bank. And these Arabs that live there, they don't like Hamas. They, their families are threatened every single day. They are indoctrinated in a horrendous, horrendous rhetoric to kill Jews. And when a family member kills a Jew, they get money from Hamas. And you know what? Obama funded that. Obama funded this pool of money that was given to families every single year. As a, I think they call it the martyrs, uh, martyrs payment or something like that. And it's absolutely disgusting that they, that, that first we funded this. Our tax dollars funded terrorist, terrorists to kill Jews. And secondly, I, I want to touch on why is Israel so great? Israel is, I think someone said it earlier on the show, is the most liberal and not in a left-leaning sense, but more, most free nation in Asia, most free nation in Asia. They support just about everything that Democrats stand for, yet Democrats are brutal against Israel, brutal. Israel has the only pride uh, parade in all of Asia, yet Democrats want it to be wiped off the face of the earth. It's anti-Semitic. It's disgusting. And obviously it's anti-Zionist. So I can go on and on about this. I'm very passionate on Israel. I'm Jewish. I have uh, roots and family in Israel. And it's just absolutely disgusting. Now, of course, there are things that Israel does that they make mistakes. Every country makes mistakes. Every country. So I'm not going to say that Israel is a perfect nation. But I'll tell you what. They are a lot better to, one, their people, two, in society as a whole than any other country in Asia. Israel provides technology and resources to the rest of the world that, if, you know, that, that changes people's lives. So uh, this is something that is really important. I think people need to grasp that. We need to defend this country. And by the way, by the way, the Israeli government said Rashida Tlaib can come to Israel to visit her grandmother. You just can't be with any terrorists. So, so Rashida Tlaib was denied 
then she wrote a letter saying, I want to see my grandmother. And Israel said, sure, just don't meet with any tourists. And then she said, well, I guess I don't love my grandmother that much, and she's not going to go now. So you can see the, the, the hypocrisy coming from the left, coming from Democrats, and especially Rashid Tlaib and Ilhan Omar, which last month I've actually met them. And right. I, they, wanted, they wanted to take a picture with me. And I'm wearing my little funny hat that's called a yarmulke. They know I'm Jewish. So I think it's really interesting that, you know, what they're doing here. And now Rashid Tlaib wants Congress to make um, – to take action towards Israel, against Israel, because they were banned. Well, well, guess what? You want to meet with terrorists. You are a national security threat to Israel. You are not welcome. They are a sovereign nation. They have the right to defend themselves. And if you have a problem with that, then don't go to Israel. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree with you 100%. Um, I do. I do want to welcome, and we're we're going to go to a quick commercial right after this, and I'm going to welcome Randy Potter. But I do want to welcome right now. I believe we have on the line um, te- uh, popular Texas podcast host uh, Chris Gonzalez. Chris, how are you? Hey, bud. Nice to uh, finally officially meet you, there, Rory. Absolutely, and we'll talk about your podcast later in the show. But real quick, obviously, I know you have some thoughts on this discussion, you wanted to kind of talk about the racism going on and kind of the divide. And I know you definitely have a lot of thoughts probably about the Antifa as well. Yes, sir, I do. So, um, you know, being down here in West Texas, Antifa is not anything. That's not even a blip on our radar. They don't dare show their face here, but we have a lot of people that um, get on board with the ideology that, 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 that shared with Antifa. Um, you know, they, they, they believe that conservatives are, are, are racist by nature, and um, and that's 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 a big hang-up here, and, and it all comes down to that because they have no issues with policy or anything else, so they come straight out by just saying it's all racist. So essentially, their stance is is anti-racist, but they don't understand that it's not racist to uh, the, you know above all else, Mexican is not a race; it's a nationality. Hispanic is a culture. You know, uh, Latino is an ethnic group, and and and, it's not, and, and beyond all that, we don't hate these people. We don't hate Mexicans. We don't hate Mexico. We don't hate immigrants. We don't even hate illegal immigrants. We 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 know where we live. We know that this is the greatest country on earth, and we understand why people want to come here. And so we just want them to do it correctly. We we respect the rule of law, and somehow that gets us labeled as as racist so they feel the need to stand up against us you know they, they use it as a rally word uh these racist and you hear racist and you think well yeah to hell with this guy let's let's go kick his ass he's a racist so they use this as a rally word but when you ask these people what's really racist about this they can't answer you or they'll just say everything but they want to do something about it but they don't they need to take a look within their own party and see who's the true racist here. The people that say, Hey, we're all equal or the people that say, Hey, um, you and your race are completely inferior to mine, so we need to throttle ours back a little bit and keep giving your race handout after handout so you can catch up. Now which which statement is truly racist there? And and, and whose party backs which 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 of those statements? So 
you know, like I said before, we're, we're down here in West Texas and God's land, and, and, and Antifa doesn't show their face around here, and, and I'm, I'm truly thankful for it. But if they did, you know, we, we, it wouldn't be these videos you see of a few conservatives being chased down by them. It would be a quite different story, and I think that's the reason why they don't come around here, you know. And, and we'll have some Antifa show up in um, Austin, which is uh, just a, 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 a liberal pocket in the middle of Texas, but they, they don't show up in West Texas. Right, no, no, I hear you. I hear you, man. And um, you know, yeah, I mean, we are dealing with a a huge uh, war uh, in that realm right now. Um, let me see here, everybody, and, and stick stick around, Chris, because we will talk about your podcast and stuff here later in the show. Uh, but yeah, man, glad glad you could join us for sure. Um, I will take a commercial, Thank you. I everybody. It. Absolutely, yeah, I'm gonna take a commercial, everybody, and we uh, we'll be right back. Stay with us. TGI Friday's famous sizzling entrees that you know and love like chicken, shrimp, and cheese just got even hotter. With new delicious tastes like whiskey, flat iron steak, and the tastiest sizzling street noodles. Hurry in. Now starting at only $10. We bring the sizzle like no other. New sizzling entrees starting at $10. TGI Friday's, the home of endless apps. Endless absence every night, 9 p.m. to close. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet approved to treat symptoms of BPH, like needing to go frequently. Tell your doctor about all your medical conditions and medicines and ask if your heart is healthy enough for sex. Do not take Cialis if you take nitrates for chest pain as it may cause an unsafe drop in blood pressure. Do not drink alcohol in excess. Side effects may include headache, upset stomach, delayed backache, or muscle ache. To avoid long-term injury, get medical help right away for an erection lasting more than four hours. If you have any sudden decrease or loss in hearing or vision or any allergic reactions like rash, hives, swelling of the lips, tongue, or throat, or difficulty breathing or swallowing, stop taking Cialis and get medical help right away. Ask your doctor about Cialis for daily use and a free 30-tablet trial. She's still the one for you. And Cialis for daily use helps you be ready anytime the moment is right. Cialis is also the only daily ED tablet. Packaging. I'm Ray, and I quit smoking with Chantix. I tried cold turkey. I tried the patch. They didn't work for me. I didn't think anything was going to work for me until I tried Chantix. Chantix, along with support, helps you quit smoking. Chantix reduced my urge to smoke. I needed that to quit. When you try to quit smoking, with or without Chantix, you may have nicotine withdrawal symptoms. Some people add changes in behavior or thinking, aggression, hostility, agitation, depressed mood, or suicidal thoughts or actions with Chantix. Serious side effects may include seizures, new or worse heart or blood vessel problems, sleepwalking, or allergic and skin reactions, which can be life-threatening. Stop Chantix and get help right away if you have any of these. Tell your health care provider if you've had depression or other mental health problems. Decrease alcohol use while taking Chantix. Use caution when driving or operating machinery. The most common side effect is nausea. I can't tell you how good it feels to have smoke behind me. Talk to your doctor about Chantix. And we are back. The Rory Sodder Show, coast to coast, worldwide. Listen to in 25 different countries on nearly 70 online platforms. And everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, or need 24-7 breaking news coverage, 
visit my media site, the next, N-E-X, Gen, G-E-N, USA dot com. Also remember, next month we will be releasing the new 24-7 network. Many notable names doing their own shows, raising a lot of money for it. A good friend of mine, America's Toughest Sheriff, Joe Arpaio, as well as director of Jihad Watch, Robert Spencer, will be, both of those guys will be the main faces of the network. Very excited to share it with all of you, and uh, we have, we'll have a lot more to discuss uh, in the coming weeks. And everybody, I'm sorry, truly sorry about the delay. I know it's uh, been supposed to, it was supposed to be released, uh, you know, about a month ago, but we've had so many different things prolonging and, and kind of uh, delaying the situation. So uh, thank you for your patience. Uh, I do want to welcome to the show uh, Regional Director of CNY for Trump and Chairman of Syracuse Republican Committee, Randy Potter. Randy, welcome to the show. How are you? Rory, it's a pleasure to be on. What a fascinating conversation uh, the last hour has been. Uh, I've been wanting to cut in if possible. I know it's not, but uh, at least half a dozen times. Just great conversation. We'd love to hear your thoughts. Go ahead. What's that? I didn't. That cut out on me. What'd you say? Oh, I said. I said we'd love to hear your thoughts. You said you had a lot of a lot of thoughts about. Well, what we yeah. First off, yeah. Uh, I I am a Jewish Republican, proud of it, and uh, I got to say that uh, the folks in Israel are quite different from the folks here in America. I feel that liberalism is actually the religion of most Jews in America. Yep. And uh, yep. and social justice, and and why does that happen? That happens because the Democrats met them coming off the boats, just the same way they met the uh, Irish, and, and as depicted in Gangs of New York, for instance. A great movie, although I'm not a big fan of Leonardo DiCaprio, needless to say. But uh, and 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 I work all the time with. Uh, I'm I'm in a Jewish neighborhood where our office is, uh, Onondaga County Republican Headquarters, which I run. And uh, and uh, and and it's really disconcerting all of us here that they vote Democrat all the time. But uh, you know this thing with uh, Rashida Tlaib. And Omar Ilhan, I think that's going to work in our favor because uh, some Jewish people are going to be, you know, are going to revile what they're doing. You know, I mean, they're they're definitely anti-Semitic. So it could work in our favor. Then also speaking on to the red flag laws, I, I want to put... I, I, I was just at President Trump's rally in Manchester, New Hampshire last Thursday, and he got the, the biggest applause line that he received was when he said he will do nothing to infringe, he will absolutely protect our Second Amendment rights. And I think this whole thing with the red flag law, well, he's floating that out to see how his base reacts, and the base is obviously reacting uh, virulently against the red flag laws. I don't think it's going to happen. He had to say something after these latest shootings, and uh, as far as these shootings go, well, I blame Hollywood and violent video games and obviously mental illness. My take on this is that, you know, we've had guns in this country since the inception of this country back in, in 1776. Right. You've only I had mass shootings. Everything ever started. I mean, guns have been around, and now now people are trying to say they're the problem. But just like Trump said at the rally in New Hampshire, it's not the gun that kills the person. You know, it's the person pulling the trigger that kills the other person. It's not the so gun. You don't true. have a gun problem. Go ahead, so true. I, I spent my summers on a dairy farm in Rutland, Vermont, 
growing up. And uh, a gun is just another tool, just like a shovel or a pick or, or whatever, a milking machine for a dairy, uh, you know, in a dairy farm. And but what I think is going on is that we you know, these mass shootings started in, in the 70s and 80s, and that's right when Hollywood started really yep. producing gory graphic movies. And I yep. don't blame that particular on it, but, you know, we're always going to have a segment of the population that have mental illness. And I think what triggers them are the violent uh, TV shows and movies that Hollywood is now putting out and the violent video games. Because the violent video games started coming out in the 80s. I was working in the music business at that point, and they were selling like hotcakes. And uh, I just think that in, certain, in the mind of certain demented people, that maybe even marginally uh, crazy, that this just sets those folks off. And uh, so that's my take on uh, uh, what's going on with these mass shootings. You know, we never had them in the 60s, you know. And, uh, well, the, the first mass shooting was the fellow on the, uh, the Texas Bell Tower. That was the first one I ever recall. And uh, so that's my take. I think, I think uh, the red flag laws are not going to get passed. And I think that's a good thing. Yeah, very well said. And, and since it's your first time on the show, like I do with all my guests, you know, tell, tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us how it all started for you. You know, tell us about your career, the different adventures you've been on, the different uh, levels of success. Obviously, you've had quite the career in politics. I mean, you, it's pretty impressive. Uh, you're, ahead, you're in charge of the entire committee in Syracuse, and you've got this big Trump group going on right now, regional director for it. Sounds like it's going well. And tell us about yourself. Well, uh, my first campaign kind of goes back to uh, your state, Arizona. Uh, I, I was a youth for Goldwater in 1964, and uh, oh, wow. I was 12 That's years old. Back, huh? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And oh. uh, and then I went oh, to really? rallies. I, I was a chubby little high, uh, junior high kid, and I got to go to rallies all over the New York State with beautiful college girls. I mean, how great was that? I talked to my parents on to let me go. And then, uh, you know, after a while, you know, you have to get a profession. So I was in the music business for 25 years running record stores. And that's one thing that I've taken, uh, one aspect of, you know, working in the music business. I think we have to merchandise our candidates just a little bit better. And I think Donald Trump is the master of merchandising. I mean, we we have to go out there and, uh, you know, just – so many of our candidates go, hi, I'm John Smith, I'm running for assembly or state senator, and, and they're not interesting. But we have to do funny commercials, and we have yeah. to merchandise yeah. ourselves better. So after like, uh, like charisma, business, personality, like, like that, that character yeah. that everybody likes. Yeah, yeah, I'm a huge advocate for funny political commercials, and we've done a few here in central New York, and those are the folks who get elected. And uh, so, you know, with, with the power of the remote in your hand, you can flip off any commercial quickly. And uh, But the funny ones, people tend to watch three, four times uh, before they start flicking them off. And then if you're smart, if you're a smart candidate, you do a follow-up commercial. And, uh, and one of our candidates did that in 18 and uh, won a very, very tough state senate race. So then after that, I, I kind of um, I quit the music business to take care of my dad in the later stages of his life. Unfortunately, he's not around anymore. But uh, And then I just started gravitating to politics. I mean, I, I'm gravitating back to politics, rather. You know, I, I'm a political junkie, you know, 24-7. And uh, so I started out um, trying to infiltrate the Republican Party and also with the Tea Party movement. 
and I worked on two tracks on that score, and uh, they basically found out that, you know, I, I was competent in what I did. My forte is phone work. I love doing phone work. Uh, most politicians, or most people, volunteers, they hate doing phone work. I love doing it. It's really strange, uh, but I do in, in 2012 uh, for former Congresswoman Ann Marie Burkle. I did a documented 48,100 calls. The RNC will back me up on that. And then uh, last year for one of our uh, Congress candidates, uh, another 47,644 calls. If I had known it was, I was at that number, I would have done one more, just so I could have hit 45, which is my lucky number now. And uh, so, uh, you know, after you're around long enough, like Woody Allen who's not one of my favorites, but he said, hey, you know, half the half of work is just showing up. And although th- what I do is not work, it's fun for me. And I work basically 12 hours a day, and every day is different, which I love. Right. Yeah. No, I love it. I, I love, I love it. I'll keep going. I didn't mean to cut you off. You're, you're telling, you're no, telling you didn't really, Rory. I was waiting for a question from you, perhaps. Well, yeah, tell, tell us about, the you know, being the chairman of Syracuse, Republican committee, and tell us about the uh, the CNY uh, for Trump group. Okay. All right. Well, first off, being chairman of the city of Syracuse Republican Party, it's a it's a daunting task because, like every other city, pretty much in America, we're underwater in voter registration. We're it's two to one, Democrat to Republican. So uh, it's a struggle. But it's a struggle that I enjoy, and, uh, you know, you have to run candidates, and my job is to help find those candidates and help them learn how to get their yard signs and their other campaign paraphernalia and how to find people to finance the campaigns. It's a, you know, it's a daunting task, like I say, and not and not every race wins with a, a victory, honestly. But, you know, you, you can't catch a fish unless you put your pole in the water. And so that's one of my jobs. And then I'm also the office manager here at Republican headquarters for Syracuse is in the county of Onondaga. And the the county of Onondaga traditionally has been Republican. We're now uh, outnumbered by the Democrats by 25,000 voters. But a lot of those voters are transient. They don't vote. So due to my boss, uh, his name is Chairman Tom Dady, he, by the way, was the first county chair in New York State to endorse Donald Trump. And uh, and he's pretty proud of it. I'm looking at a picture of him and the president right now. Um, well, and and I was the one who got to answer the phone when people would call up and say, "Is Chairman Dady crazy to endorse Donald Trump?" And I would say to those folks, "Well, you're talking to the wrong person because I I think Donald Trump is the right pick for the presidency." So I I helped Chairman Dady on the county stuff. There's so much stuff that goes on, we you know with local candidates, and you know anytime we can win something, it's a victory. You know it's it's good. You know and and those victories lead to more victory. Nothing helps winning like winning. And even though we're, you know, behind by 25,000 registered Democrats, right now uh, most of our county offices are held by Republicans. And now keep in mind to you folks who are listening out there, I'm in upstate New York. And we're far from New York City. We're the center of, of New York State here in Syracuse and, um, you know, the crossroads of the thruway and Route 81. 
But uh, Chairman Dady does a great job. I get to meet so many people. Like uh, I was just at President Trump's rally in New Hampshire. Uh, luckily, I got VIP passes from our former Congress lady, uh, Claudia Tenney, who's probably going to run for re-election. And this is in the district south of where we are right now. And uh, got to meet a lot of great Republicans. I met the African-American fellow that we all see behind President Trump at every rally. His name is Michael. Great guy, by the way. And uh, I walked up to him. I said, how does it feel to be a cultural icon? He, he, he said, oh, it's nice, but I don't really think about it too much. I said, you've been parodied on Saturday Night Live. And he goes, yeah, you know, whatever, you know, with a big smile on his face. And he just kind of shook that off. And then uh, Wednesday, big fundraiser for Congressman John Katko, and Steve Scalise is going to be there. And I'll be going to that one as well. So, uh so there's always so much to do. Every day is different, uh, which I love. But uh, come 2020, I'll be making phone calls for President Trump. I love it. I love it, man. And uh, obviously that, that's your position at the, the, Syracuse, the Syracuse Republican Committee. But what about this group This yes. group with the CNY for Trump? You're the regional we'll director. See. Tell okay. us about that. Uh, CNY for Trump. We started that back in 2016. Because and it's, it's basically a grassroots group because some you know not every Republican was crazy initially about President Trump as we all know especially Governor Kasich from Ohio and he primaried him so we started getting that group together uh, it's not all people who are you know it's made up of some people who are Republican committee members but it's really more of a grassroots group. We do rallies. In fact, we did a rally um, against Sharia law, for instance. This was June 18th, uh, June 18th, uh, 2017. Uh, we tangled with Antifa a little bit, but uh, due to our wonderful law enforcement folks, we had, we had the Syracuse City Police protecting us. We had state troopers protecting us, and uh, they they bust in Antifa from neighboring cities, Albany and Rochester to try to intimidate us, and we did not take one bit of uh, grief from them. In fact, we gave them probably more than they gave us. And uh, a funny story about that is one state police undercover officer, I can't name him but uh, and blow his cover, but he came back and he said, Randy, I have never seen the look of hate on these Antifa people's face like I've, like I've seen today. And I said, well, those are the ones who don't have masks covering up their faces. And that brings up a good point. I think if President Trump enacts some sort of uh, terrorist things against Antifa, and, and he well, he should, because these people are terrible, we got to do something about them walk, running around with masks. I think that that gives them, it makes them, emboldens them. So I think anybody who's doing a political rally wearing a mask should be taken out immediately. Now, I don't think that's a violation of anybody's First Amendment rights, because uh, if you want to protest something, show your face. You know, o- only bandits wear masks, and-, and that's what these Antifa folks, frankly, they're scum. And uh, I'm sorry if I'm being a little uh, bold about that, but uh, they're, it's ridiculous. I mean, they, they, and plus they're clueless. They don't even know what they believe in. Because uh, this undercover agent uh, for the state police uh, walked over to, uh, to a couple of them and said, why are you here? And they go, I don't know. We're, we're getting paid $15 an hour from Craigslist. That's why we're here. And I think uh, money, they're also being paid by bad folks, probably George Soros and the, and the like. You know, so. But we don't have any Antifa here in Syracuse that I know of because uh, they don't show up at our rallies. But uh, I know they're in Buffalo. 
and I know that uh, you know they, they brought him in from Albany and from Rochester to try to intimidate us. But that rally went great, by the way, just tremendously. So uh, CNY for Trump, you know, it, uh, we reach out to these folks. They're st- we're starting to gear up for 2020. I can't begin to tell you. I've had at least a dozen phone calls already because uh, I'm out there. You know, I'm ta- I talk to everybody, but a dozen phone calls already looking for Trump yard signs. And uh, to which I said, hey, you can buy them on the Internet and to pay a little price. But if you're expecting free ones, don't expect any until spring of 2020, because we still have to make it through the 2019 election yet. And, uh, and it would be rude to start giving out those yard signs right now because we have other really important candidates running in 2019. You know, uh, countywide we have four people running, including our county executive, and then uh, we have a couple state Supreme Court judges, and we're in the fifth judicial district. So, uh, you know, you have to be cognizant of the fact that you, you don't offend those folks and get those signs out. But people, people, the Excitement is ramping up, and I saw that excitement big time in Manchester, I will tell you. The, the most energetic of the eight Trump rallies I've been to, it was the most energetic. It was nuts. It was crazy. The, the energy level inside that auditorium, and they broke the record. They just announced that. I think everybody's seen that on the Internet. They broke the Elton John record, and Brad Pasquale, the campaign manager, for President Trump, as President Trump calls him, the tallest campaign manager in history, uh, he said he came out and said they broke the record. And you know, if the media wants to say there were a few empty seats up top, that was because the fire marshal cut cut off people coming into the building at sixteen thousand, and a good ten thousand were out outside watching the jumbotron. So CNY for Trump. Uh, what we're hoping is these folks are going to go door to door, and even though we're in New York State, which is frankly not it's a lost cause we're not going to win the state for president trump but we we realize that but you know what it's important to add to the popular vote total because how many times have you heard president trump being crucified by the media for losing the popular vote total now if you subtract california new york and illinois he wins the popular vote total so it's important to get those folks out and it's important to try to win as many congressional races as well so we give uh we we so we have uh, if President Trump can have the majority in the House or even close to the majority, we've gained uh, quite a bit. So we're looking. Hopefully, if we can't take the House back, we need 18 seats to take the House back. If uh, if we can give them back 10, we're we're going to be competitive with those Democrats. And so that's another thing we work on here is uh, yeah. you know congressional races. Go ahead, Rory. Yeah, I agree. No, I agree with everything you're saying. And, you know, I, w- I was going to ask you about, yes. you know, the, the possibility of New York being in play, but we all know that's just, it's not in the cards. But if, if you did, I mean, the only reason why, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's all the liberals in New York City, right? But if you take correct, everybody uh, in the suburbs, if you take everybody in the suburbs of New York, then you're probably going to get a lot more Republicans, correct? Right, exactly. And and uh, I don't know if some of the listeners are familiar with this name, Carl Palladino. He ran for governor in 2010, and he's a very good friend of President Trump's. Uh, I was having lunch with him one day in Buffalo. That's where he lives. And he looked at me and said, Randy, you know, you know how President Trump did in Manhattan? I, and I did not have the numbers at my fingertips. He uh, And I told him. And he, he, uh, he uh, told me, President Trump, Trump got 8% of the vote in Manhattan. 
So that speaks volumes. So if we could just cut New York City off and let it drift out to sea, which Barry Goldwater said at one point back in 1964, uh, New York State might have a chance. Or, you know, they're talking about dividing the state into two states. I don't think that's going to happen, frankly. But, uh, yeah, you know, that's the problem is downstate more than anything. And, you know, uh, and, you know, and the cities, uh, the city of Buffalo, Rochester, inside the city of Syracuse are heavily Democrat, heavily Democrat. But here's some good news is that in Onondaga County, which contains the city of Syracuse, uh, Mitt Romney in 2012 lost by 12.5%. Donald Trump only lost by 2.5%. And my boss, Chairman Dady, is thrilled about that. And if we could maybe get a good ground game together, maybe we just might be able to pull it off in 2020 form. But uh, and as we talked before early uh, earlier, Rory, uh, New Hampshire is definitely in play. President Trump only lost New Hampshire by 2,700 votes in 2016. I got to tell you, that state is going Trump in 2020, and that would be a great thing. No, I, I hear you. No, I, I absolutely agree with you. And you know, I, I think that we're we're definitely living in. Uh, Quite interesting times. I mean, you know, we oh, see yeah. it, it was just mentioned that Oregon, the state of Oregon is now in play possibly for 2020. And I'm like, wow. I mean, Oregon has been liberal for the longest time. And, uh, you know, it's like, it, it may, I mean, it kind of makes sense because if you, if you, you know, get rid of Portland and all those working class, you know, suburbs in Oregon pretty much are conservative. So it makes sense in a way. But, and I, I, yeah. I feel like New York's the same way. You get rid of New York City, then New York goes Republican all day long. Yep, and there's a lot of voter fraud in New York City. I have a friend who works the polls down there, and she, oh, my gosh, you know, in Queens, and she just says there's so much voter fraud there. But here's one of the problems that we're going through here in New York State. As everyone out there knows, we have a guy named Cuomo, Fredo's brother, by the way, as oh, our geez. governor. Yeah, yeah, he, he's terrible. He's a dictator, let's be honest. And we lost the state Senate in the last uh, election in 2018 by nine seats. We no longer have any way to stop the guy. And he has enacted so many bad uh, uh, voting laws, it's unbelievable uh, for us. Now we have early voting, which is going to lead to fraud, because they don't check IDs. You, you know. And next year, they're going to institute same-day registration. And I, at the rally in Manchester, I was talking to a lovely lady uh, who is a um, state legislator in Maine. And I said, well, you don't have problems like this in Maine. She goes, are you kidding me? We have the worst Democrat governor right now, and they are bringing in illegal aliens. They are bringing in legal aliens. They're bringing in so many people due to this governor that we're losing the state. So, you know, this gets back to the whole thing some of the previous voters were talking or not voters, but uh, previous callers were talking about, you know, we're in a battle right now for the heart and soul of America. And we, right. it's, it's, it's just unbelievable. And, and even if we just, if we manage to talk one or two neighbors into seeing things our way, that's an enormous achievement. And, and I call it the geometric progression. Maybe those two uh, folks that you talk into seeing things our way, maybe they go out and talk to two more people. And that's the way we're going to take back this country. But we're in a battle here. I mean, this country is the most polarized it's been since the Civil War. They were shooting at each other then. We're not shooting at each other for the most part right now. But 
I mean, every, I think everybody feels this polarization. And I heard Glenn Beck on the radio talking about this whole thing this morning, and he, and he was getting back to Glenn Beck in 2016 when we all stopped listening to him because he goes, oh, we've got to have more moderation. Well, here's the thing about moderation. I don't think we should be moderating our views because we're right and they're wrong. It, it's that simple in my right. way of thinking. You know, we believe in work. They believe in free. You know, everything should be free. And then, to quote Margaret Thatcher, the problem with socialism is eventually you run out of other people's money to spend. And, exactly. uh, this, and yeah, with uh, the national debt being what it is, at some point there's going to be a tipping point. And I know the Tea Party patriots talk about this all the time. We just can't afford to spend, 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 spend. And, uh, and the one thing we can't afford not to spend on is our, our military defense. Because there are bad people, there are bad actors in the rest of the world who are out to get us. And I'm not paranoid. I just have, I view things from a historical perspective. Uh, you know, yeah. it, eventually, we don't have unlimited resources on this planet. Eventually, we are going to be in a contest for resources. And, uh, you know, I might not live to see the day. I'm a little bit on the old side, as you guys can figure out. If uh, Barry Goldwater, 64, was my first campaign, and I was 12, I'm 67. But, you know, every single day I come out here and I fight the good fight for our side, for conservatism, for the Republican Party, and yeah, we got some rhinos around here. I'm not going to sit there and go into who they are, but uh, <laughs> you know, but uh, you know, President Trump has been just a revelation, and he's, he hasn't let any of his supporters down. You guys out there all know that. I mean, he does yeah. float a trial balloon every once in a while because you know there are people who say, "Hey, go, go see how your base reacts to that." But has he ever gone against the base yet? No. No. I mean, he and, he's. You know, it's unbelievable what he's done. And, you know, I've said many times on this show, he's fulfilled about 80% of his promises in less than three years. And yep. most, presidents don't, most presidents don't even fulfill 10% after eight years. I mean, he's done far more than anybody in history, and he hasn't even finished one term yet. I mean, this guy's unbelievable. And I've said that many times. Uh, it's it's well, quite that's, amazing. That's, that's, Mike Peters yeah. in New York, go ahead. Why are you there? Hi. Uh, yes. Very, very nice to meet you. Great hearing from you. I'm, I'm down south. I'm uh, in Westchester County. I'm just above Mordor, and um, <laughs> I'm glad to see that there's a, a change in the wind. But to tell you the truth, I'm holding my breath a little bit because uh, from what we see down here, we're outnumbered. We're in the front line trenches compared with what you are up there. Because we're dealing with it within miles of, of the Bronx and between Blasio, de Blasio. And also I've got, you know who lives in Westchester. I've got a selection of them. i got everything from Soros to Cuomo, even though he's selling that house in Mount Kisco. And i got Chappaqua. I've got every, every version of creation of liberal down here that they should do a National Geographic special on them. Uh, but I'll tell you what I noticed down here quickly is, is even though we have Republicans, people that they say they're Republicans, without realizing it, they're absorbing the propaganda that they're being fed by the people that surround them and the state that they live in. So they, they say that they're Republicans. So I'm, a, I'm a chair. I'm a committee. I'm not a chairman. I'm a committeeman down here. Um, and, and I hear from the Republicans, oh, no, yeah, we're Republicans, and they hide it. No, there's no fight left in them down here. And look what happened when Trump, Palladino, God bless him, 
when he brought Trump up north, there were two cities where the, the, the GOP chairman did not even come out to, to greet Trump and go to the rally, didn't even welcome him. And that was a slap in the face to all of us. But that was an attitude where these, there were a lot of rhinos out there. So I'm hoping with Langworthy, and I reached out to him. I reached out to him through Facebook. He never even answered me. So I thought, okay, here we go. Here's another example one. You know, another one just like the last one. What was that Rolling Stone song? I go, here we go again. Um, I'm hoping <laughs> that there's a change with Langworthy. But I don't know what to expect. I, I don't know. Well, yeah, very well said, Mike. Um, let's go. Let's go to Doctor Branch. Doctor Branch, go ahead. Doctor Branch, are you there? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Go ahead, Doctor Branch. Yeah. Doctor Branch, I, go I, ahead. Yeah, first of all, I'd like to thank our guest. It's 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 wonderful having him on. It's great to have a you know we're Rory and I are both in Arizona having a Barry Goldwater uh, representative here is is really good. I like how Rory put Mike Peters and myself on. That's so that yeah the the old people in the group get to uh, get together on this here. But uh, I want to thank you very much for everything that you're doing. And I'll tell you what, if you turn. Uh, if you turn uh, New York red uh, in this coming election cycle, uh, we'll, we will owe you a beer out here. That's for sure. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm all in favor of that. You know, we have a we have a saying that you know Trump isn't just a, a person. He's not just the president. Trump's the movement. You know, there's millions of us out here in this Trump movement trying to make America great again and keep America great. And we've exposed the left for what they are. And it's really great to hear people back from New York, you know, talk about this. Uh, and, and, you know, and, and this whole meltdown with Fredo uh, just exposed the left for what they truly are. I mean, he's the one that gets on TV and he talks about toxic male masculinity then he has an outburst like he does there. It's just hypocrites. That's all they are. They're liars and hypocrites. So I want to thank you for everything that you're doing. Uh, Kevin, go ahead. Excellent to talk to you, sir. And uh, this is a young person speaking. Uh, and as a young person, uh, I have a, a very long life ahead of me, and I see a very grim future generally speaking, for America that uh, I hope is uh, addressed sooner than later. I have no doubt that Trump will win this next election. However, there are some things that do concern me. Um, and essentially, it's uh, the fact that it could take something as simple as Texas going blue in order for the Electoral College to shift in the Democrats' mm -hmm. favor. Uh, of course, there's plenty of swing states that could prevent that, uh, but our immigration demographics are not looking good. And I fear, after watching the Democratic debate for president, that I'm going to be living uh, as a white person, a minority in my own country that wishes to enact reparations and to take away my basic bill of rights and civil liberties, uh, especially being a, a Republican and a straight white Christian male. Um, I really am worried about uh, the future of our, our country, and, um, and I, I really wish a whole lot uh, more to be done in order to uh, protect our 
uh, demographic. So essentially my, my question to you is, um, I mean, do you believe it's a, a long-term uh, good plan in order to have uh, an increase of uh, millions of illegal immigrants from uh, very you know, foreign countries that do not share the uh, constitutional values of our, our country uh, that, like Trump, has been um, advocating to let into our country. Uh, for example, the HPV uh, visas uh, that have uh, been uh, letting in oh, about hundreds of thousands uh, over the next few years uh, into our country. Randy, did, did you hear that? Me? Yeah. Oh, I, I'm back on again. Did I hear that? Yes. I, I'm really concerned as well about the uh, what's going on. It's obvious the Democrat playbook is to try to get as many, you know, undocumented aliens in this country as possible, and uh, and also uh, legal aliens. And I got to be honest, I'm with President Trump a hundred percent in that it should be merit based, or as opposed to just random or shirt sleeve relatives, as we used to call it in the record business. Uh, uh, if Texas goes blue, we're screwed. It's that simple. Uh, we're going to lose. The, the, the previous caller, he is absolutely right about that. So we have to fight as much as we can, and I know a lot of people in New York State are moving to Texas, not precisely for that reason, but for better job opportunities because, uh, you know, with Fredo's brother as governor, the job opportunities are not great, even with Pres President Trump making un record unemployment uh, figures but uh, for everybody. But nevertheless, their job creation in New York is not good. So we're losing a lot of folks to down south, and maybe that will offset some of the folks who are running willy-nilly across the border. We have to build that wall. I think we all know that. that right. Uh, after, and when I first jumped on the Trump train, it was the day after the debate, the first debate yeah. in Cleveland. And uh, right then and there, somebody had given me a Trump bumper sticker for my car, and I, I put it on, and I never looked back. And now my car is a walking yeah. advertisement for Trump. And uh, strangely enough, I haven't had my tires slashed, but I haven't looked out in the parking lot yet tonight. Uh, there's a few weird gouges on the car, and uh, my boss, Chairman Dady, goes, Randy, how many times you're driving down the road people give you the finger? Well, strangely enough, more people pull up alongside me at a red light and give me the thumbs up and, and start yelling Trump 2020, or even right. how about a third term? And I, I always say, let's get 2020 <laughs> under our belts before we even talk like that, because it would, could be counterproductive entirely. But, uh, yeah, the numbers, and uh, even here in Syracuse, they've been bringing in um, new, new, new people, you know, illegals, right. legals. And now yeah. we have a terrible situation in the city of Syracuse on the north side. I mean, we, are, right. we have garbage all over the place. And we have a uh, weird mayor who's not a Republican, not a Democrat. His name is Ben Walsh. And he's basically doing nothing about the situation, the deterioration of the city. We're... we're up in arms, and we're gonna we're gonna beat him in 2021. Right. But as my right. boss Tom Dady always says, one election at a time. So, yeah, absolutely, no, you know, absolutely. I'm very concerned about you know, the, the, the. Go ahead. What we're saying. Go ahead. Oh, uh, am I still on? Yeah, yeah, no, no, I, I, no, I, I thought you were done, but you were saying something. Go ahead. Well, yeah, let me let me continue just for a second more. 
And what we found traditionally is that even uh, with the illegal aliens, I'm a third generation um, person here in the country. My all my relatives came from Eastern Europe. And uh, right. what happens is that once we start educating people about American values, like, for instance, my grandparents couldn't wait to get a job. They couldn't wait to earn, learn English. I mean, that was their goal yeah. in life. Some of these folks coming in, especially here in New York State, the only thing they care about is getting their EBT cards. But some of these folks are entrepreneurs down the street from where right. we are at Republican headquarters right now. We have a Vietnamese gentleman who runs a uh, – shop uh that embroiders and also um uh, you know that sells the uh scrubs uniforms for people in, in hospitals and he is yeah. he with me i went in the shop the other day because he's doing it he did a trump 2020 vest for me and i gotta he whispers go to in my ear. okay i'll wrap it up real quick and he whispered in my ear randy i'm a republican but i just can't talk about it too much because it'll hurt my business well no i hear you i mean there's so many people like that these days that you know, keep quiet about it. But, uh, but Randy, we've really loved having you on the show. Uh, please tell everybody where they can connect with you and uh, find yeah. all your work and all that good stuff. Right now? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay. Well, um, if you need to get a hold of me, my name is Randy Potter. Uh, the phone number here at the office is 315-449-2000, or yep. you're going to love my email, randy at cny, the digit four, trump.com. So if you want to get a hold Perfect. of me, that's Randy. how you get a hold of me, folks. Absolutely, Thanks, Randy. Roy. Well, God bless you, and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you. God bless you as well. I love your show. I'll be listening more in the future. Gee whiz, it's great. I, I appreciate it, man. We'll have you back soon. Oh, great. Okay, bye. All right. We'll be right back, everybody. Would you know what to do in the event of an active shooter, a terrorist attack, or an unforeseen altercation? Whether at home or in the workplace, SkyRace Security can train you and your employees how to defuse a potential violent situation. Our goal at SkyRace Security is to keep our clients safe. With our professional and experienced Israeli Defense Force trainers, we teach strategies for safety that may someday save lives. Sign up at SkyRaceSecurity.com for our workplace violence prevention and training classes or call 240-888-0682. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Are you an aspiring entrepreneur? Do you have an app idea? Do you want to save money? Well, I got great news for you. My company, GetYourAppBuilt.com, charges a fraction of the cost compared to anywhere else. And all of our work is the same amount of professionalism you'd see from any other company. Uh, please visit our website, GetYourAppBuilt.com, for your free consultation and contact us today. Thank you. Hello, everybody. This is Rory Sodder from The Rory Sodder Show. Please visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com for all your authentic, customized, and creative President Trump apparel and merchandise. You won't find products like this anywhere else. And best part of all, it's made here right in the USA. Use Mega45 at checkout for 30% off your first purchase. Again, visit TheDonaldJTrumpStore.com today for a wide variety of great selections. Thank you. Is video a part of your strategy for 2019? 
Hi, I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, your remote video production specialist. Using equipment you already own, I help you deliver high-value videos to your audience. From interviews and demonstrations to online meetings and trainings, I work with you to shape your stories and subjects that demonstrate your subject matter expertise. If you're a product specialist, sales executive, or business owner, we make video production simple and affordable. We do this so that you can make videos on a regular basis, whether it's daily, weekly, or monthly, to communicate about the topics and discussions that are important to you, your audience, and your business. To make your videos, we use HD video conferencing that allows you and your guests to connect to our studio from your home or office using your laptop, phone, or tablet. Once you and your guests have connected to our studio, we do all the rest. We take care of the TV graphics, the intro videos, the outro videos, the music, the behind-the-scenes production. Everything that it takes to either live stream or locally record your video for post-production editing to social media, whether it's YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, you name it. If you're tired of seeing the empty balloon commercials that are being made by your competition's social media experts, give me a call. I work directly with you, the subject matter expert, to help shape your story and ideas in a professional and polished manner via video. If you're ready to take a deep dive on your expertise and showcase the essence of your business via video, give me a call or connect with me online. I'm Rob Hicks with Hicks Video, the remote video production specialist, the doer's resource for online video production. And we are back, the Rory Sauter Show, coast to coast, worldwide, listened to in 25 different countries, on nearly 70 online platforms, and everybody, if you miss any past clips, past episodes, you need 24-7 breaking news coverage, visit my media site, the next, N-E-X, Gen, G-E-N, U-S-A dot com. Also remember, next month, like I said, I will be releasing the new 24-7 network, many notable names doing their own shows, my good friend America's toughest sheriff, Joe Arpaio, as well as director of Jihad Watch, Robert Spencer. Both of those guys will be the main faces of the network. Very excited to release it to all of you and share it. Uh, We're raising a lot of money for it, and uh, the timing is perfect, I will say. And to everybody, like I said earlier in the show, I'm sorry about the delay. And uh, we are, you know, definitely um, rushing rushing it right now and doing everything we can to meet the deadline uh, next month. But it's looking good. That's, that's what it's looking like right now that we'll be releasing it next month. Uh, I do, guys, so we have about 20 minutes left in the show. And I, and I want to talk about this with all of us right now this topic, and, and I think that obviously this is going through everybody's mind, this whole Epstein situation. You know, we talked about it last week, obviously, but there's been so much more updates since then. Uh, more details, more red flags. You know, I, I am so angry that our government leads us the wrong way on so many things. Like I said on the show last week, they lead us the wrong way on stuff like the Vegas shooting. There's still so many unanswered questions and things that we don't know from that situation. Um, 9-11, you know, this Jeffrey Epstein thing. There's so many things. There's handfuls of things that we'll probably never know the answers to. And that's frustrating. That should tick anybody off. I don't care who you are. That, that should make you upset. That you have to keep wondering you have to keep guessing. You have to keep playing mind games with yourself because your government, the people that represent you, keep lying. It's aggravating. 
you really expect me to believe that in one of the most highest security jails in America that he hung himself? No. I'll never believe that. That's bullshit. Anybody with a brain knows that's bullshit. Don't be naive. Don't be stupid. Don't just take what the media says as the truth because it's a lie. Something happened here. This guy had dirt on every big name person. Well, not every, but a lot of big name people. We're talking about Bill Clinton. We're talking about Prince Andrew. We're talking about senators, governors, celebrities. You know, how – I want to ask everybody this. How do you break bones in your neck from hanging? How how is that possible? The autopsies show that there were broken bones. Somebody assisted him. There is no doubt about it. Even his bodyguard came out and said, there's no way he killed himself. Somebody assisted with his suicide. And for anybody that knows hanging, you don't break your bones unless some – Unless somebody, there had to have been somebody else there. And besides, if he was in the kind of area that they say he was in, which it looks like, and it's the same place El Chapo was in, he doesn't have anything to hang himself with except thin paper. That's, it's basically like toilet paper. It doesn't hold your neck. It can't hold your body. And after, after supposedly, you know, like I said last week, First, he was on suicide watch when he died, and then they said a day later he wasn't on suicide watch. And part of me thinks the only reason they reported he wasn't on suicide watch a day later after they said he was when he died is because of the backlash. I don't know what to believe with these people. And now and now you have reports come out that say, well, there was a bank robber who was released a year early from that same jail a couple days before. Epstein died. And you have guards working overtime. You have the person now who's overlooking federal prisons. Uh, he got demoted, moved to a different position. Couldn't, and the people, the guards that were working that night overtime that claim they fell asleep, and then they forged the logs, basically trying to say that they checked on the inmates when they didn't. They got put on leave. I mean, look at all of these red flags. Look at all these gray areas. This doesn't add up. And then you're telling me this guy, he had about hundreds of millions in assets, 50 million in cash. His total worth was about 550 million. You're telling me this guy only did his will two days before he died? That's the report out today, at least. Come on, dude. Come on. When you have that much money and you're that high profile, You don't wait two days before your death to do a will. You have your will going pretty much your entire life. Most people that are wealthy, I'm not going to say all, but most, majority, 99%. Think about it. And then the whole scenario where they raid his island right after he dies, why wouldn't they raid his island right after he got arrested? So many unanswered questions. And you had, all, you had these people uh, coming in to visit him. 
and you had somebody visiting with him a couple hours before he died. And you had a mysterious person go down to the coroner, an autopsy place, and, uh, you know, uh, confirm his body, that it was his. They didn't say who it was. They didn't, they, nobody came out and said, yeah, it was for sure him. And anybody who saw the picture of him coming out of the jail knows that that's not the same hairline. That's not the same nose. You, they put a real picture of him and the body side by side. None of it adds up. And besides, when have you ever seen a body come out of a place with its head showing? Usually it's covered up in a, in a black body bag. So, guys, over and over, this isn't a conspiracy. We are being lied to. We are clearly being lied to. And, you know, there's no way that – I just don't think he killed himself. I think the more realistic answer is somebody either killed him or he's on witness protection. You know, this is – this is the weird, probably the weirdest story I've ever encountered. Extremely weird. You know, I, in all these area, all these gray areas, it's crazy. It really is crazy. And I did a whole segment on this last week, and I talked about a lot of the stuff that was going on with this situation. And and it's just like more and more updates keep coming out. Uh, Doctor Branch, go ahead. Dr. Branch, go ahead. Yes. I don't know if you can hear me. Um, the, uh, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, when, when I've seen this and, and it, it, it progresses day after day after day, you know, I really do hope, uh, you know, because Barr is saying that, you know, there's something fishy here. And I really hope that, you know, we discover what's going on because the uh, – like you said, Rory, this is, and, and I was watching an interview with Dr. Cyril Weck, you know, and originally he was out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and, you know, he's pretty world-renowned for what he's doing and uh, as far as coroner goes. And, you know, Cyril Weck was saying that in order for that, these bones to have been broken, uh, he would have had to have jumped from the, you know, the, the, the upper bunk uh, and – the the way that it was rigged, he would have been smacking his knees on the floor and everything like this. And, and and he even brought up, he said, plus the sheets wouldn't even be able to hold the weight. So, you know, the, it, it just smells funny. And for the coroner to, you know, weigh in, not weck, but for the coroner to weigh in and say it was suicide, um, you know, I think that there's something there. And, you know, I, I look forward to hearing, you know, Barr's finding and, and, and what Barr does. I know that Today he fired the what the deputy director of prisons uh, over this. Um, so I, you know, I I, I I look forward to seeing what happens because, like you said, with El Chapel was there. You don't have non guards guarding and and guards fictitiously uh, doctoring the the logs. Uh, of a security prison like this. You you just don't have that. And it's unfortunate it happened. I'd love to hear what the other guests think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Michael Balsi, you worked in law enforcement. You were a homicide detective. You were a police chief. What are your thoughts on this? This probably blows your mind. 
Well, I guess in a way it does, Lori. Uh, we talked about this last week. I said, um, you know, it's not it's not uncommon for prisoners uh, to commit suicide in prison. It's it's not uncommon. However, I think I mentioned last week also that it is uncommon for somebody that was at one point on suicide watch or was forever reason whatever reason put on suicide watch to commit suicide in prison because. There's sorts, all sorts of precautions that are taken. That aside, you did mention the witness protection program. We know there's been numerous ongoing grand juries, hence all the uh, arrests for human and child trafficking that have taken place since Trump has been president. They happen on a daily basis. There were so many sealed indictments. It's also very possible that he's already testified before a grand jury and was put into the witness protection program, and this death is just the thing to uh, assure his protection and future and whatever. They have all the information they needed from him. Bill Barr has everything. Don't forget uh, Epstein, Nexium, and all the human and child trafficking are all directly related. Okay, they're not separate entities. They're all tied together. And I think that's important to know. So I think the fact that, let's say, he's either dead or gone, we may not ever hear from him again, I don't think is going to stop anything. Uh, There's some people, as far as the Nexium thing, that have already given statements uh, to the uh, attorney general and to the the grand jury. Uh, If you look, just follow the media and watch. Look at the people who are screaming the loudest right now. Those are the people that have the most to hide. And I think it's pretty much a dead giveaway that they realize that the right people have all the proper information. As far as his death is concerned, if in fact he did die in prison, you know, that was a, that had to be a murder. There's no way he hung himself in that prison cell. I saw pictures of it. I I know what kind of prison cells people have hung themselves in, and that certainly was not one of them. And just with the design of the sheets and things of that nature, considering his height and where he would have had to hang himself from, there's no possible way suicide was even an option there. And then the broken bones in the neck, there wouldn't have been enough force created from the short distance he would have had to fall to break those bones. That's just my thoughts. I I feel like we haven't heard the last of this. Uh, Stay tuned uh, because the media may not want to report on it, but they will have to at some point as some of these big names are exposed. And that's about my thoughts on it, Rory. Absolutely, Michael. Always a pleasure, and you always give great insight. And just in case I don't get back to you because we have a few minutes left, tell everybody where they can connect with you. I'm usually here once a week, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Michael Valsi. That's V-A-L-S-I. Sounds good, my friend. Always a pleasure. Um, Kevin, go ahead. Yes, Rory, you have mentioned all the important points, and I would suggest that the FBI would consider you a dangerous man for questioning these narratives. I mean, you would have to be an absolutely dim-witted person to believe that uh, the, the mainstream media narrative is, you know, true reality. I mean, this is similar to the, you know, 9-11 or the Sandy Hook shooting. I mean, you'd have to completely disregard physics and reality and, and reason 
to believe that uh, any of this had, had really happened. And he's either dead, which I, I don't agree with at all. I, I think he's out there somewhere. Um, and, of course, being someone who's the head of a human trafficking ring, or at least somewhere high up there, uh, he knows how to you know, get people in and out of places. He knows you know, he has got all this tons of money, which he shouldn't even have to begin with. It, much of it is illegal, and it's uh, laundered, and it's through illicit means. Um, and this is uh, an absolutely uh, you know, cover-up that, uh, that the elites that are in this absolutely horrible uh, you know, black market trade are, are covering up so that they don't get in trouble. So it's an absolute travesty of justice that they're getting away with, with all this. And um, unfortunately, I don't see any way to you know, get to the, the bottom of this under our current legal system. I mean, we have constitutional rights, and um, that's, that's about it. I mean, we can't really go after anyone, and our, our witness has died, and that's just the, the harsh, cr- cruddy reality that uh, we live in. I hope Nader, uh, I mean, um, not Nader, a bar follows up on this and, um, you know, hopefully get subpoenas out there and really look into it so we could, you know, ha- just serve justice. But uh, this has been an absolute travesty. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well said, as always. Uh, Kevin, just in case I don't get back to you, we got a few minutes left in the show. Tell everybody where they can connect with you. Uh, wonderful. Find me on nationalistunited.com or on social media at Nationalist United. Great show, Rory. Thank you, my friend. Um, Chris Gonzalez, go ahead. I know you probably have a lot of thoughts on this, and then I'll let you plug your podcast, but go ahead. Well, the whole Epstein thing, it's obvious by the smell that it's bullshit. And uh, excuse my language, but uh, we we all see this. We all know it. And, um, you know, honestly, uh, I'm not one to, uh, to speculate a whole hell of a lot, but we, we we know what it is. Um, I think there's something bigger at play here, and we'll see what it is. And um, we 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 all think we know where it's going, and and more than likely it will go there. Um, uh, like I said, I don't I don't I choose to not speculate a, a, a whole lot because uh, I want to come back later and make me look dumb. But so I'll go ahead and leave it at that. Um, you can catch me. Uh, we're on YouTube and SoundCloud at West Texas Podcast. Um, we're just a couple guys. Drinking beer, talking about life in West Texas, uh, national, state, city politics, man. I love it, man. I love it. And uh, we'll de- I definitely want to get you back on either this week or next week, and we'll definitely talk more. Sorry I didn't have much time tonight, but we'll definitely give you uh, a lot more airtime. That's cool, brother. And I do want to attest to uh, the, the, the gentleman talking about it earlier that we do have a lot of people moving here for work in West Texas. And it's something that we have to tell them all the time is don't California up our Texas. You leave your liberal ideologies behind. It's like the way it is for the reason that it is. Leave it alone. <laughs> Amen. Amen, brother. No, I absolutely agree with you 100%. Uh, always a pleasure, though. Um, Mike Peters, oh. I know you oh. have – some thoughts. I'll let you have the the last word. Go ahead, Mike. You know something that a, a, one of my friends who's a, a state trooper brought up, and he posted it on a on a private sort of basis to some of us on Facebook. And he's got a really good point, and I didn't think about it before. The F, that facility was an FBI. It was a federal facility that they had. Chester the molester was locked up in there. Was his name Jeffrey Einstein? What's his, what was his name? I don't know. <laughs> <Epstein>. But anyway, <laughs> Epstein. All right. <clears throat> 
It was a federal facility. Now, when he died, the FBI has their own medical examiners. They have their own laboratories. They have their own right. And they turned over the they turned over the autopsy to the New York City medical examiner. Wait a minute, now explain that to me. How'd that work? He's got a good point, man. That had me wondering, like, wait a minute, he's right. He died on the FBI, an FBI in a federal facility, and they don't have federal, and they said, they, we're going to investigate. Then why the hell did you turn the body over to a, a New York City medical examiner? That should be a big red flag for everybody, and nobody's talking about that. He had a very good point. I'm, I'm very interested in that. I, I, and nobody's been able to give me an explanation yet. What do you think? Yeah. No, I agree. No, and that, that, that draws a huge red flag. And you're absolutely right. And we are we do have we do have to run, but I'm glad you brought that point up because that's another thing. The FBI makes their own yeah. rules. They're they're their own entity. They can do whatever the hell they want. They're so secretive and sneaky and dirty. A lot you know, not all of them, but there's a good amount of them and that's what that's what the crazy part is, you know. Yeah. Yep, you're right. Well, thanks You're for having me on right. tonight. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. We'll see you tomorrow. Um, All right. Thanks. Yeah, Dr. Branch, tell everybody where they can find you. Go ahead. Rory, thank you very much for having me on tonight. It's an honor as always. Uh, you can reach me at drbobbranch.com. That's drbobbranch.com. Good night, Rory. Always a, always a pleasure, Dr. Branch. We'll see you tomorrow. Great show tonight, everybody. Uh, great, great show. Uh, just a few announcements, few news art, news headlines. I haven't mentioned, but I will say real quick. Uh, let's see here. President Trump has removed Bibles from the list of Chinese terror items, which is great. I mean, you know, that really, uh, you know, proves his, his amazing character. And, and it speaks volumes, you know, where we're not going to punish people. For, uh, for wanting to pray and, and get in touch with God. So I love that. I think that's great, and I'm, I'm happy uh, he did it. A um, couple other things. There was a new poll out. Um, half of Hispanic Americans now approve of Donald Trump following the ICE raid. You know, Hispanic Americans, half of them at least, are tired of illegals coming here and trying to you know, do it the wrong way and, and try to cut people in line. It's wrong. Uh, another poll, 64%. Again, that's 64% of voters are unwilling to pay more taxes for Medicare for all. So, I mean, that's a really good number. That 64%, I mean, it pretty much, you know, kisses the Democrats' dream of Medicare for all goodbye. It's just not going to happen. Uh, dream on, dream on. Uh, we will get, obviously, into more conversations about tech. Uh, Google, uh, there was an article out today that Google has helped Crooked Hillary in 2016 with uh, votes and skewing the election uh, in her, you know, favor. Obviously, that didn't turn out well for her. Trump still won. But, you know, that's, that, that just, it goes to show all the cheating Democrats did, and that's just one area of cheating, and Trump still won. It's amazing. It's unbelievable, everybody. Um, it's been an amazing show tonight, everybody. I want to thank all my audience, my guests, my co-hosts and sponsors. You are all incredible. Everything you could want in a show, perfect rhythm, great flow, amazing guests, and so much established. 
you know, it's the way we resonate and the way we've never run out of things to talk about. It's quite incredible. And I love every second of it with all of you. Uh, huge show tomorrow. We will see you all tomorrow, everybody. I'm Rory Sodder. Mega, mega, mega. Have a great night, everybody. God bless. Cheers.